Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are y'all ready for the Bible? I am so excited to share this word with you today. Uh, I was at uh, Westview on the James a couple weeks ago sharing Jesus with 160 kids uh, all week long, and the Lord put this story of Lazarus in my heart and mind, and I uh, got to share it with these children to talk about the power that Jesus has to raise the dead. And today, I want to share this story with you. To open up, we're going to read Ephesians 3.20, which is a very powerful verse. Now, you need to open up your heart right now to hear this word. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, would you all say more? more? That's right. Our God is able to do more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is work within us. When I was at um, Westview on the James, I would ask them to say that word more. Would you say more? more. And I would say God is able to do what? More. That's right. More than we ask, more than we imagine. Amen? Through His power that is at work within us. Let's pray. Father, we love You. Right now we hear Your Word. We were just singing, Lord, we need to move. And I believe today, Lord, there are things in our lives that only You can do. The wisdom of man can't solve. The power of man can't solve. Money can't solve. You have to be the one to solve it. And Lord, we humble ourselves and bring ourselves before you. And we confess, uh, we need you, more of you. You are able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Lord, this morning, as we hear your word, let it go into our hearts and let it build a sincere faith. And I pray for each one of us, God, that we would hear from you. Hear what you are saying over circumstances and things in our lives. We want to hear from you, and to do that, we're opening up your word and trusting your Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, amen. Amen. We're going to jump into John chapter 11 this morning and look at the book of, uh, or look at the story of Lazarus. And I I have to tell you, preaching on Lazarus for uh, a, a preacher is a little tough because it's one of the scriptures, it's a long scripture, and there's so much in it, and uh, it takes a lot of focus to go, okay, here are the things that I, wanna, that I feel the Lord wants to bring out of today and focus. But I would encourage you, as we're going through this today, if you don't have something already set up for your devotions this week, John chapter 11, jump into there and just kind of re- keep reading this scripture and listening to the Holy Spirit and say, God, show me some things out of this scripture, John chapter 11. You with me today? John chapter 11, verse 1 says this, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. That's an important statement. No, it's for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he heard that Lazarus was sick, and he stayed where he was two more days. 
And then he said to his disciple, let's go back to Judea. You know, in this, in this scripture, um, they are sending word to Jesus. Other scriptures, when people send word to Jesus or that kind of thing, they don't even know, know Jesus personally. But in this circumstance, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, actually that family already knows Jesus and they're their brother is sick, and, and like even the way that they word it, it's kind of like the insider information, the one you love is sick. It, it's kind of like that message, like, Jesus, you know us, we need you, come and help us. And in this story, Jesus has a, a prophetic understanding of what is going to happen and what God is up to. And I, I want to point this out as we go through it because it's important for us to see. Sometimes when we face a circumstance uh, we don't know exactly what God's going to do, right? There are other times when we face a circumstance where God gives us a word early on. And when I say a word, I mean out of Scripture, from uh, an impression from the Lord that correlates with the truth of Scripture. It's something that says, I am going to do such and such, right? In this Scripture, Jesus knows immediately what, the Lord is go- what, what God is up to and what's going to happen. He says in verse 5, he says, this sickness will not end in death. Pretty bold statement, right? And it's, it's this faith declaration, this sickness will not end in death. And, and sometimes we need a faith declaration in the midst of a storm, amen? This, this adversity that I'm facing will not end with such and such. God will turn this around, like that, a word from the Lord, where we call up or text somebody and say, I need you to be in agreement with me in prayer. I'm facing this thing, but I am believing that this will not end with such and such, but God will turn this around. And it needs to be based on a revelation from the Lord. You hear me say sometimes, we don't need to make stuff up because God is talking. He's talking through his word and he's giving a revelation by the Holy Spirit that never violates the word, amen? But he is talking and so we don't have to make stuff up, but we can seek the Lord and say, God, give me a word. Speak to me in this circumstance. And I got to tell you, when God speaks, he's just smarter, he's just nicer, he's just wiser, those thoughts are sticky and you grab a hold of that word and you repeat that word, I don't mean you repeat it like a parrot. I mean you repeat it like conviction, like I believe the Lord is, and you make that statement, amen? Now, admittedly, sometimes we don't know what the Lord is up to, and we're seeking the Lord, and we're seeking what he is saying, and that kind of thing, you, and that's when you just need to wait on the Lord for what he's saying, amen? But there are times when he speaks early, and when he speaks early, it's so that you can grab a hold of it and say, this is what I believe the Lord is saying. And so, you know, in your, your season, what is your faith declaration? What are the words that God is putting in your mouth in this season? Know it, say it, say it from your heart so that your words and your heart can be in agreement with Him. Amen? Jesus is, makes this prophetic statement, this sickness will end in death. It will not end in death. He knows what the Lord, what the Father is up to. So no, um, it's for God's glory and the glory of God's Son, that's Himself, that He be glorified. It's interesting. He's basically saying God is going to be glorified through this circumstance in which Lazarus' sickness does not end in death. Now, 
honestly, I don't think that God is like preoccupied with his own glory from like a self-centered standpoint. I think that, I believe that he, we need a greater revelation of his glory for our good, right? I believe that um, he is revealing his glory for us and, and, and that we need to see that God is able to do more than we ask or imagine. And this scripture, I feel like in Ephesians, really summarizes what God is doing in John chapter 11. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work, at work within us. And then it goes on to say, to him be glory in the church. Isn't that interesting that in that scripture, he's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. To him there's glory in the church. We see that word again. In this story, Jesus does a really curious thing. He waits two days and then heads to Lazarus, knowing that Lazarus has died. He has this conversation with his disciples. He goes, yeah, he's actually already, you know, fallen asleep. And they say, well, if he's asleep, Lord, then, you know, he'll get better. He's like, no, 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 he's dead. Like, what do you mean he's dead? And the disciples are like, well, what's the point of going now if he's dead? I, you know, they did not think that Jesus could do anything more now. Do you catch that? Why would we go? He's dead. They're probably also wondering, hold on, two days ago, <clears throat> hey, Thomas, I'm making this up, by the way. Thomas, come here. Did you, did you hear Jesus say two days ago, this sickness will not end in death? Yeah. Man, he always gets it right, and this time he got it wrong. Huh. Thomas is like, yeah, I heard it. I'm sure. I, I took account of it. I doubted it when he said it. Um, <laughs> There's a, there's a phrase called dotting Thomas. I'm just p- picking on Thomas. Um, forgive me, Thomas, if you, if you... Well, you're not listening to me. Anyhow, I don't want to be creepy. So he says, this sickness is not going to end the death. I wonder if they're all just like, huh, I think he got it wrong. They did not expect that Jesus was going to be able to raise the dead. So they were like, why should we go? And the problem was in, in Jerusalem and Bethany where they needed to go, which was right, right next to Jerusalem, um, things had heated up enough that it was dangerous now for them to go there. And so the disciples are like, ah, I don't even think that, I don't think this is a good idea. And Thomas actually does say in the scripture, this is not me making up, well, let's go there and die with him. <laughs> Great faith right there, Thomas. You know, like, why would we even go? So when they arrive... Thomas, excuse me, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Did y'all say four days? Four days. Now, here's, here's the thing. We're going to do a little bit of math here. Jesus waited two days, and then he went, right? And so somewhere in like the, the process of them getting the message to him, Jesus waits two days, he gets there. It's been four days, which means Jesus is far enough away that it took that messenger at least a day to get there. Jesus waits a couple days, another day back, and now he's been dead for four days. It's likely that pretty soon after they sent the messenger, Lazarus died. And Jesus waits two days. Actually, he didn't even need to wait two days. If he would have gone then, Lazarus would have been dead already two days instead of four days, right? If you want me to do the math with you again later, I'll do it because I love doing math. But what I'm getting at is Jesus intentionally waits, so now it's been four days dead. Y'all, there are miracles and then there are miracles, right? Like, you know, I, I have prayed for the dead before, 
and you know, you, you pray. I've never prayed for the dead four days later. What's interesting, and you know, it's just kind of like an interesting cultural thing. They had a superstition back then. Superstition, not truth. They had a superstition that when somebody died for the first three days, their spirit would hung, hang around their body. And so some people believe that one of the reasons Jesus allowed it to go four days is he wanted to just like even remove the idea that, well, he just invited a spirit that was close into the body, which is a superstition. It's not the truth, right? He just kind of like was able to kind of push it back into the body or something weird like that. No, no, four days, like even their superstition says, oh, he's dead, dead, right? And um, so Jesus goes and it's really kind of like set up this miracle to be very, very dramatic. And I'm going to come back to that, but let's, let's, let's dive into this a little bit more. John chapter 11, verse 20. Well, let me, let me pause for a second. Jesus is going to go back, right? He's been dead for four days. Sometimes we need to remember, like, because we're about to, a lot of us know, like, or maybe have heard that even me just say, like, he's going to, you know, raise him from the dead. We kind of know how this is going to end, right? But I want you to put yourself in the story. He's been dead for 40 day, four days. Excuse me. Imagine the, what's going on around. Lots of tears, lots of snot, lots of sorrow. It's been four days, y'all. Like, They've already had some good meals. They've laughed together, told stories about Lazarus, right? They're, they've, you know, called the insurance company, right? Like, they've all, they, like, all the, all, everything is, is it's been four days. And Jesus is now just getting there. Verse 20 says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she, she went to, to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Bold play, Jesus. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. We've all had that conversation many times, right? Well, they're healed now, right? I mean, that's exactly what that, like, yeah, hey, they're in heaven, they're with Jesus, or, well, not with Jesus in this scenario. Um, <laughs> it will be later. Um, <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. And so, I know he will be at the, at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, this is an important part of the scripture, and I'm going to come back to this at the end, because Jesus is doing this miracle, and you know, sometimes when Jesus does a miracle, it's for the miracle, but it's also pointing to some other things. And this statement here, and I'm going to reread it to you, this statement here is showing us that this isn't just about Lazarus. God is making a statement with Lazarus. Remember earlier it said, it's for my glory and the glory of my son? 
This is, a, this is a statement miracle. This is more than blind Bartimaeus receiving his sight or the woman with the issue of blood being, being healed. No, no, this, this is, a, this is an even bigger deal than all of that, not just because it's resurrection, but because it's pointing to eternity and it's pointing to, to what we believe as, as Christians about death and about the afterlife. And Jesus, again, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? She's a grieving woman. And he's like, do you believe that you'll never actually die? Because I am the resurrection and the life. Yo, this, this place in Scripture is pretty monumental. It actually becomes like a, a corner piece, and it, it is really pointing towards the cross. We'll come back to that. Jesus, it says, yes, Lord, she replied in verse 27. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. What's fascinating is she says yes, but her answer doesn't repeat what he, he, he said. Basically, her answer says, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe you are who you say you are, which is very admirable. Amen. She's like, I believe you. It's kind of almost like that. I believe you. I don't really understand what's going on, which was actually the case. Pretty, pretty remarkable. After she had sent this, said this, she sent word back and called her sister Mary aside. Teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed her get up quickly, she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. So now Jesus has a posse. You know, it's like Mary has come, but a bunch of people followed Mary, you know, the, the folks who mourned, because they would mourn for days. Verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here my brother would not have died. Now, I would like to first point out that it's pretty remarkable and awesome that both Mary and Martha believe that if Jesus had been there when their brother was sick, he would not have died. Bravo! Right? That's pretty awesome. But what's fascinating to me is that the Lord is showing us that there's a boundary to our faith. Mary and Martha had a boundary to their faith. If you had been here, he would not have died. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm about to change your boundary. The boundary of your faith is about to get moved. You thought I could do this, but I can do, you thought I could do X, but I can do X plus Y. Like there's more that I can do. Our God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And he is making that point. What if, what if your unanswered prayer was a delay rather than a no? What if God wanted you to know that he can do more than what you're expecting? What if you're shrinking back your expectations while God is enlarging the miracle? Right? I think these things are discerned. I think we have to hear 
the voice of the Lord. Now, some of us, the temptation is, well, this is what I want, and I know God does this, and so I, you know, I'm going to put this together. Now, you need a word from the Lord, from Scripture, a revelation from, from the Holy Spirit that says, I want to do more. Sometimes we edit our faith back so that we won't be disappointed. Mary and Martha are already disappointed. When I read this story, I used to kind of go, God, it feels a little like maybe you're jerking them around. Because when the word got to Jesus, he could have just sent the word like he did with the centurion. Like, just send the word and my servant will be healed. But God's allowed to delay. Amen? God's allowed to let the miracle get bigger. God's allowed to expand the realm of our faith and our trust in Him. And I don't think it's because He's jerking us around. I think it's because He's making us, He's enlarging us in Him and enlarging our faith. And the thing is, is, you know, God is allowed to be God. Amen? Frankly, He's really good at it. He's been doing this for a long time. He's not giving up the throne or the title or anything like that. God is good at being God. John chapter 11, verse 38 says, Jesus once more deeply moved. Now he's gone to the tomb. He came to the tomb. It was the cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Now you all listen to what's going on here, right? But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, he says, But by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Now we're getting real. Don't open the casket. That's gross. He's been there four days. Don't roll away the stone like he's decomposing. Like, this is really practical here, right? Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? There it is again. You'll see the glory of God. So he took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up, and he said, Father, and I want you to... I want you to imagine the theater of this with me because when you, when you read this scripture a few times, you realize that this isn't... Y'all ever like prayed for a miracle and you're like, God, I, I just pray that you do a miracle and I, and I, I pray that, um, that you do... like Just do something really great that no one really expects. Amen. This is, this is done with theater. I don't mean theater like, like fake. I mean theater like presence. It's like roll away the stone. Yeah, but... And then he prays out loud. And as he's praying, he even says in the prayer, I'm praying this way out loud for them. This is really powerful. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, In a loud voice, bold prayer, bold move, Jesus. He prayed in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Can you feel like it? It's almost like like this awakening coming like a lot. Like like you can tell like when Jesus did that, the spirit moved and the same spirit that would raise Christ from the dead would quicken Lazarus' mortal body as it says in in Romans chapter 8. And it says, and the dead man came out. Y'all, nobody was expecting that. his hands and his feet wrapped in strips and linen. Can you imagine poor Lazarus waking up? Just a little station break here. Can you imagine? He's like, what the? (laughs) He's just walking out like, I mean, he just thought he had a really good nap. 
oh, you've had a good nap. And Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Man, the boldness of Jesus in the circumstance. The boldness, the theater of it, the, the declaring, roll away the stone. And he prays so that they can all hear, Father, I pray that they, they're going to they're hear me. And I, you want them to know that I, you sent me. And, and here we go, G, Father, here we go. You ready? Lazarus! Like, like this, there's presentation to this. There's a loudness to this. There's a declaration to this. And y'all, some of us, we're struggling to be bold with the thing that God planted in us. And I am with you. Because I, I, I feel like I battle that at times where it's like, God says, I want you to declare it loudly. And I'm like, can I just say it? Can I, can I say it with conviction? Loudly. I want you to declare this thing. I don't want you to say it. I want you to declare it. And there's, I think sometimes people declare things because they think if they shout loud enough, long enough, heaven's going to do what they ask them to do. That's manipulation. But there's a different brand of declaring that agrees with what God is saying. And y'all, that's what faith is. Faith is you hear something, you believe it, and you're willing to say it. You're willing to act on it. As James says, not this James, faith without works is dead, right? I'm sure that James says it too. There's a James in the room for you all who are listening, just being clear. We're not appealing to the human James, the book of James. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power. I think God's so smart because I think that he, is, he, he wants us to seek after him. To seek after him and to seek after him and to seek after him. You say, God, why hasn't this thing changed yet? Why hasn't this thing moved yet? You know, he was, he was sick. I sent word to you and now he's dead. Like, why hasn't this thing changed? Why didn't this thing change? I guess now I just need to kind of like settle in and that kind of thing. And Jesus declared at the very beginning, this will not end in death. Whoa. I never would have thought when he said, this will not end in death, that death would have been the, in the middle act. That's not what I would have expected. But you see, we just got to keep on asking. We have to keep on seeking. And what we like to do is fill in the blanks for the Lord and you know, edit things and just kind of figure it out. But see, what is God saying? What is God planting in your spirit? What is his word saying? When you're opening it, what is, what is he speaking to you out of his word? Because he's got something he wants to say. And, you know, I think our culture generally is one where we're not really showy and flashy. And I kind of really prefer that, to be honest with you. But there is a brand of declaration that's not showy or flashy, but it brings glory and honor to him. Amen? There are moments where we just, we got to just get up and repeat what he said. Get up and just say what he's, what, he, what he's put in you. Here's my question for you today. Where does God want to enlarge your expectations of him? Come on. Where are the expectations shrinking and God saying, no, 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 go the other way. 
I want you to believe me. I want you to trust me. I want you to, to seek me. Where have, where, have, where have we made God too small? Um, where, where are you having a funeral and he's having a resurrection? I keep coming back to, you got to hear his voice. Let him speak to you through scripture. Let him reveal it to you. Let him show it to you. See, the thing is, is when you have that relationship that you're building and you're, you're hearing his spirit and hearing him from the word, you've got something to stand on. You're not putting words in his mouth. You're repeating the words he's put in your heart. And you know, I think it really pleases him when we repeat what he says. It pleases him when he plants something in us and we repeat it. And say, I believe what you're saying. I love, I, I just, I love how he just breaks through the expectations of what's going on. But I want to tell you this morning, like, the miracle for Lazarus, yeah, it was a really big deal. Obviously, for the Lazarus, he really appreciated it, right? And Mary and Martha, like, it was really, really dramatic. But there was something so much bigger going on. Because Jesus was making this declaration, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will, not, who will live even though they die. He was, he was using Lazarus to make a statement about the afterlife. Lazarus was the, was the warm-up to the cross. He was saying, listen, our God can raise from the dead. Watch what our God will do. And raises Lazarus from the dead, Right? And then Jesus would go to a cross and die for our sins and the Spirit would raise Jesus from the dead. And all of that is pointing to you and I. That this opportunity that we have to be with Christ forever, that if we will allow Him to pay for our sins, we will allow the work that He did on the cross to be our payment. And we say, Lord, let it be the payment for me. If we allow him to be the Lord of our lives, he says, you'll be with me forever because I am the resurrection and the life. Even though he will die, he will die, he will, he will live. It's such an amazing thing that is, that's going on in this scripture. And it's like the ultimate of miracles, this idea of raising from the dead. And it's supposed to like, Blow your expectations. Blow our expectations and blow our mind and be like, whoa, our God is so able. It's also supposed to blow our timeline. Like, like this life is, is, is momentary. You see, Lazarus, by the way, he would die later. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life, right? And, and so, like, there's, there's so much going on in the now, but also in eternity. And I want to tell you today, um, if you've never had that moment in your life where you just said, Jesus, forgive my sins. Jesus, I want to follow after you. Jesus, I want to be born again. Jesus, I want to know what it is to walk and to follow, follow you. If you never had that, that moment, maybe you've believed, but you've not followed. Well, I just want to encourage you today. He's worthy of your following. He's worthy of it all. He has paid it all. He's worthy of it all. 
And his love for you is greater than you could ever understand. And that was his motivation. You can cry out to him today and say, Jesus, forgive me. Cry out to him today and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, come into my life. And he will bring his Holy Spirit into your life and you will be born again this July 10th, 2022. It can be your day. For all of us today, I want to say, where does God want to change the boundary of your expectation? the boundary of your prayer. It's, and it's, it's not a momentary thing. It's a revelation that you keep coming back to and keep talking to him about and keep repeating. Do you hear me today? Like it's not just like the, it's like something that gets worked in you. And, and I hope that you've heard my heart today. Like I think God wants to work it in you in a real sincere way where it becomes part of who you are. Yeah, but the Lord said to me, yeah, but the Lord put on my heart, but the Lord asked me to put on my heart to pray this way, and until the Lord edits the prayer, I'm not going to edit the prayer. I'm just going to keep on seeking Him. Until the Lord edits my expectation, I'm just going to keep on going with what He put in my heart and what's in His Word. Because my God is able to do more, immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. He can do more. It's interesting because just think he's got stuff he wants us to stand for and believe for and trust for. And I want to encourage you today, just come in agreement with what he's already saying to you. What is he saying to you? What's, it, what's he putting in your heart to pray? Pray that. And he may even have you do it a little boldly at times. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray with you and pray for you. I'm going to pray for us corporately, but then if when we're closing, if you go, you know what, I just need somebody to stand and pray with me. Like, I need to not pray alone in this thing. I want to invite you to, to come forward if you're in the auditorium, and you can just slip up here, and somebody on our team will pray with you and stand with you. Um, if you're online, you're like, man, I really need somebody to pray with me. You just let us know. Email us, friends at victorychristian.church. Um, and also today, if you, if you need to make like that moment, that decision, that day where you say, I'm all in Jesus. I need you in my life today. We want to pray with you. If you're here, I want to pray with you today. Don't leave here without saying, hey, I'm all in. I, I, I want Jesus in my life. I want to pray with you and rejoice with you. If you're online making that decision, you go to victorychristian.church and you click on next steps and we're going to reach out to you because uh, this is not a decision you make on your alone, alone and you're not going to be alone. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this scripture. Thank you for this true story in the word. And God, I, I find it really convicting because I'm like, Lord, you really can do more than I ask or imagine. You did so much more than they asked or imagined, more than they expected. And God, I, I just, I want my faith to please you. I want my stance to to please you. I want my declaration to please you and agree with you. So God, would you come for each one of us and just show us in areas where, Father, we have shrunk a boundary that you're expanding. Father, we have lowered our expectation and you are actually enlarging a, a miracle. And so God, we, we recognize today there are some things that only you can do. Only you will raise the dead, right? Only, only you can 
cause us to live with you in eternity. It's things that are just for your department, Father. And today I say, Lord, may we just hear you, speak after you, and trust you for those things. And I pray for today, Lord, for a boldness and a confidence to come into people's hearts about what you're saying and what you're doing. We thank you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.